Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where sometimes things come up and we do something a little different than what we planned. And this week we're going to talk about 2020, just kind of in general, 2020. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared alone. And that's it. Just Jared and Caleb doing their thing, living their life. That's right. Talking about music and stuff. This is a half year review. Indeed. It's been a year. It has been, oh, it has been a year Mm -hmm. thus far. There's been a lot going on in the world around us, but on the plus side, there has been music. That's right. And we get to talk about music and try and survive through all these weird times with all this pretty good music. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like 2020 so far. I don't. Know, I don't know about you, but 2020 so far has been very, very good for me for music. I don't know about it for me. I, I haven't loved as much stuff as I like historically have up to this point. Sure. I but I do have things that I'm looking forward to. But one issue would be the pushing back of albums. You for know sure. that makes it difficult. The Killers is one that I know I'm really looking forward to, and then a lot of other things like. I don't know the dates yet. Right. I just know there's been songs, like singles, and like some of them come with tours because they know they're going to make money selling their CDs there and selling mm. the shirts. And so it's like, why put out an album now if by the time you tour on it six months or a year from now, that interest is gone, so you just wasted all of that effort in making money. And so right. it's just hard. It's very difficult. It is very difficult. And I feel as though like at this point in time, so we had a lot of good music that's come up up to this point, but I'm kind of fearful for this back half of the year mm. because I, I know there hasn't been a lot of really big album, you know, announces up to this point in time because yeah, a lot of people don't aren't, know. yeah, they don't know. People aren't really planning on making albums with everything that's going on. It's kind of hard to plan for a big album when this is what the situation that the world looks like. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of good albums up to this point, but hopefully there will be more albums to discuss on our, you know, at the the year end, but this is a good point to check in. Yeah. See how 2020 is doing musically. Yes. So we are going to be covering, I, I think we've landed on 25. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of... Each. Yes, 25 each, which is a lot of albums. There'll be some overlap, of course, but we'll be able to introduce you, hopefully, to a lot of music within this one episode, especially if you haven't given any of our bonus episodes a chance up to this point in time where I have talked about probably all of these albums at this point in time. Um, But that doesn't mean that we can't kind of refresh in one place. Yes. Would you like to go first? I I feel like I spend so much time taking up the spotlight on these Mm. bonus episodes Mm. that you should you should get the spotlight. Okay, so I these are in no particular order uh, up to the top 10, so I'm going to have what three times where I say 5 and it's not in an order. So, these are just ones that I put they were albums that came out this year that I enjoyed in some capacity. So, a couple of them were ones that came out last month. American Aquarium Lamentations, Zach Bryan's album Elizabeth, which I talked about as well. It's very good. Uh, the Smith Street Band, Don't Waste Your Anger, Pine Grove's album, Marigold, and Fiona Apple's album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Oh, that low. 
The world, the world would disagree with that low placement it's for not, Fast of the Bolt. It's, a, it's not a favorite of mine. I, that's it's okay. lucky it even got in mentioned. You're so right. You'd be quiet. You're right. I understand. I'm not saying that you're wrong by any means. I'm just saying that, like, I had to listen to her so much. <laughs> you did. Have I to. wasn't excited for a new album the way you were. Oh man, that's too bad. It was. I mean, it's not a bad album. I said it was no, on no. my list. I know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not harassing so, you. The song I want you to play is "The Alarmist" by Pine Grove. That Pine Grove album came out pretty early in the year, didn't it? It did. Yeah, I went back and listened to it when I was doing this, and I hadn't like listened to it a ton up to that point, but I just know I know that I liked it when I listened to it, and I know that sure. I liked it again. I mean, it's not I'd never really listened to them before this, but uh Tyler told me about them when the album came out, and I think they've toured around this area, so when touring resumes i would definitely like to see them somewhere in kentucky <laughs> yeah that's totally fair i haven't really gotten into pine grove up to this point in time i didn't even think that i've listened to that pine grove album yet i know that it's one that i've kind of held on to and remember that if i had time to go back on it but mm-hmm. i just haven't had a chance to at this point but I, I like the sound that i get every time that i've given pine grove a chance yeah so i'm trying to th- i mean it kind of sounds almost like a more rootsy ben folds kind of no- like yeah voice it's interesting does have a Ben Folds feeling to that voice for sure. Yep. So uh, this is tough for me because as anybody who has listened to anything that I have said ever, uh, I listen to a lot of music and I like to rate albums on my the website that I use, Album of the Year. So if you're looking to see all of the albums that I've listened to, that is an easy place to do that. But choosing... Choosing 25 is kind of difficult because I have a rating scale and certain things kind of like fall into the same rating scale area. So like I'll have, like I'll give an 84 to like multiple albums and I have to pick which of those 84s I like personally more. Uh-huh. So I have to do that a couple times here. So they're kind of in order, but also kind of not. Hmm. So the first one I want to mention is King Cruel's Man Alive. I really enjoy King Cruel. He's got a cool sound. Uh, I would also like to mention Porridge Radio, Every Bad. It's their debut album. Really, really good album worth checking out. Uh, J Electronica, A Written Testimony, which is the hip-hop album from J Electronica, who has been making music for like a decade, and this is his first album on title with Jay-Z on a lot of the tracks. Uh, I really enjoy the album by, I believe it's pronounced Namdi, his album Brat. It kind of bends genres in a lot of ways where it plays with trap, but also plays with like... um, little bit of like math rock almost and some like acoustic there's a lot of things that are going on in that album also really liked the album i've talked about recently from Plo pelgag Clo pelgag the uh canadian french speaking artist and uh, i think that's five i hope so i sure do too <laughs> i sure do too I sure do, too. I think that the song that I would like to play out of those artists would probably be the Namdi track because I think that less people would have the chance to have heard that one outside of the other the other other artists. You know, some people might have actually had a chance to check out, but this one's a little bit lower on the totem pole. So I'll play 
the song, I believe the one that I really liked was perfect in my mind. So I'll play that one. Jared, it's your turn. Okay. So the next five I'm going to mention that are not in order, as I mentioned previously, Eminem's album Music to be Murdered by. Boo. I know. I just thought. Is it the Godzilla track? Uh, Yeah, that's the one I put on the list. Yeah. Like the whole album had interesting things. It was a decent return to what he was doing before prior to his other like bad albums that came out. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I didn't love the album like a ton, but it was just one worth mentioning, I guess. Sure. I don't know. Uh, the Strokes, uh, the new Abnormal, which is like very fitting now. Yes, it like, is. Like what a crazy thing for everybody to be like, it's the new normal, it's the new normal, and then have them come. Like it didn't. It's the album of the summer, and who knew I know. it was really the album of the summer? Yeah. Um, the All Time Lows album, Wake Up Sunshine, which is a good return to pop punk for them. I, I like them. Uh, Die Antwerd's album House of Zeph, which came out a few months ago, that I've returned to that a number of times. I really like what they've done, like on that return. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four. Oh, fifth. The fifth one is the Ghost Inside self titled album, The Ghost Inside. They're a metal band that had a bus accident a long time ago, like several years ago. I think it was in 2015 or so. Somewhere around that, yeah. And um, it took them this long to recover both mentally and physically from that accident. And the album that they came out with was a good return to music and also it's a good story to tell. There's some controversial things involving their bassist, which he was kicked out of the band. But that doesn't take away from the story of of what happened and all that. I don't want it to I be. Agree. I don't want it to be mitigated by one mistake that somebody like the whole band didn't do what he did. So yeah, yes. Uh, the song I think I want you to play. How about how about we do the adults are talking from the Strokes? Godzilla. I thought about Godzilla, but I don't think we want to play Godzilla. It's a TikTok song. That's fair. I think people people will know that one. I will take this opportunity to say The Strokes is my next album as well. Nice. So there is indeed overlap. Hey, that's I also, good. I also quite enjoyed The New Abnormal. I wish we would have been able to listen to it when we covered them. Because it, I know. It's, it is difficult because after we listen to all of somebody, it's hard for me to be excited about whatever their next thing is. Sure. I'm, I don't want to say I'm burnt out on it, but it's like... Why am I even listening to it? It's not for the sake of the podcast, which is a dumb thing to think, but it is a reality of how I feel. I get I get that feeling. It's difficult, too, because 
that means that you're burnt out on so many bands. But not a lot of them put out music. I suppose that's true. Either, I'm not burnt out on one artist that's put out an album this year, and we'll bring up that person in a little bit. That we will. Okay. So Strokes, obviously. Uh, another one that's worth mentioning is Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, Alfredo. I have enjoyed Freddie Gibbs uh, quite a bit since his, you know, the last few albums that he's been putting out, especially the ones that are produced by Mad Lib. Those albums are very impressive. So him coming out with the one with the Alchemist, it's it's different than what you know he was doing with Mad Lib, and so I, I enjoy what he's doing here in a different way. Uh, I also really enjoy Haley Williams' Pedal for Armor. Yes, uh, the the lead singer of Paramore mm-hmm. came out and did her debut album. And it, it was very successful, very good pop album, very different from Paramore. Shows that she's done quite a bit of growing as an artist, I think. Uh, I would also like to mention Destroyer, Have We Met? I enjoyed that album. I think that was like kind of the first album that I really got into from January. So it kind of let me know like, okay, I'm going to have some good albums for 2020. Like that was kind of my intro to feeling good about 2020. And then the last one I want to mention is Ka Descendants of Cain, which is a really good hip hop album that was from a firefighter who I mentioned uh, one of the bonus episodes. Um, that's a cool story of him. And the, the music that he makes is very abstract and experimental. It's really, really good hip hop. But if I were to play a track, I think I was going to play a Strokes track, but I guess I'm going to have to not play a Strokes track. Yeah, you could do Haley Williams. I suppose I will do that. I will play one of the tracks off of Pedals for Armor. Rage is a quiet thing. You think that you tamed it, but it's just lying in wait. pretty good i I enjoy that i listened to that album like maybe two or three times and it probably it's an honorable honorable mention probably sure uh so the next uh five i've got for you uh lil wayne's album funeral oh wow you liked it enough to to put in the top 15 yeah well no it's top 25 i guess that's true i i I like the the beginning of the album quite a bit i like his return i love I just like Lil Wayne is up there for me just because he's so like he, lyrically he's so creative and knowing that he goes into a studio without anything written down and all the songs are in his head are right. so it's so crazy to me. Yeah. And he has that many albums, that many songs and he like just goes in and does what he does. And like, I mean, it, a lot of it is dependent on the beat. A lot of it's dependent on a lot of things with yeah. success on hip hop, but he's been able to stick around for a long time and be successful and obviously there's a reason for it and i can't deny it because mahogany is probably one of my favorite hip-hop songs of the year like mm-hmm. i didn't love that album because there was just so much filler mm-hmm. but that song in particular was like all right he's got something good in the tank here still yeah i like funeral too and then i like the lighter every time the lighter thing yeah. comes on that's pretty good it's, it's pretty like good, a return yeah. uh the chats album uh high risk behavior they're good uh, uh punk comedy punk band basically Green Day's album, Father of All, motherfucker. Uh, I guess say that later, I guess. Um, I It's not a great Green Day album, but it it had enough good songs. Like, I liked uh, Stab You in the Heart. I think that's a fun, quick, uh, like, garage rock song. Like, there's enough good stuff on it. It's just not, like, a good green day album you sure. know, if that's the if that is the bar that it's set it's not but it's a good rock album that came out this year which you don't get very i mean sure rock is 
Very difficult to find good things, unfortunately. Truth. Uh, Newfound Glory, Forever and Ever, X Infinity. I like pop punk, and I really liked the first single that came out from that album, and it made me excited for the album. Um, and then the last one is Four Year Strong, Brain Pain. Their album is was really good as well. It was kind of a return to their more like alternative rocky kind of sound uh, that they had on the um, In Some Way, Shape, or Form album. Um, but, I mean, it was just like a, a good mixture of pop punk and alternative rock um, album. So I think the song I want you to play is Greatest of All Time by Newfound Glory. I like the chorus of that. Uh, it's, um, we we would make the best team ever, better than the 96 Bulls ever were. Jordan, Rodman, and Pippen wouldn't have known what had hit them. Nice. That's great. It's like They're not it's even from good. Illinois, I don't think. But I mean, they're probably also not like huge sports fans, I yeah, would imagine. They have jerseys when you go to their show. I you can buy true. an NFE, uh, a Newfound Glory jersey. That's kind of cool. That is true, yeah. But yeah, I've liked them for a long time. Yes, so. you have. I, I mean, anytime they make a new album, you're going to be interested in it. So yes. I can't imagine that that wouldn't be on your list. Yes. So. so my next five, and then we'll get into our top 10 from that point on. Uh, the next one I have is Ghost Poet. I grow tired, but dare not fall asleep. I didn't re-listen to this album as much as I would have liked to. So I listened to it again today just to kind of remember how much I liked that album. It's very, very good. Definitely worth checking out. Very dark album in a lot of ways. And it has a very, like, very grim undertone to it. But it's, I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, other one is Perfume Genius, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. Mm-hmm. Pretty well-received album from an artist who has had quite a few well-received albums now in a row. I have really enjoyed everything from him in terms of Too Bright and No Shape. I didn't get super into him until, you know, a couple years ago. And ever since I have, I've enjoyed what he's come out with. So this was an album that I was anticipating that I was going to enjoy. And I certainly did. Uh, One of my favorite albums of the year up to this point, for sure, is Honey Harper's Star Maker. Yep, I figured that was coming. I just looked, I literally just looked it up because I was like, is it Honey Harper that he likes? And I was like, I know that he's going to bring that up. Oh, yeah. I listened to that like two days ago, trying to make it be in this list. Yeah. But it's just, I don't not like it. I do like it. But it's so similar to Orville Peck. Sure. And I love Orville Peck. Yeah. That it's like, why would you li- Why would you like a, I don't want to say watered down, but a different version of something that you love? You know, like, I don't know. It's just not up there for me. But I get that. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it is, it's not the same thing, but it, and it's a lot different than that. But it reminds me so much of it that it makes it hard for me to love it. I think that makes total sense. I, I personally prefer Honey Harper over uh, Orville Peck, personally, just because I really like the the dream elements that he mm-hmm. brings in, the orchestral elements that he brings in. But Orville Peck is doing something in that alt-country realm in a very similar way. And yep. I, I love that we're seeing more artists who are going in this alternative direction with country music because it makes it very easy for you to be able to not have to have that mentality of I like everything but country music because you can find good country now. I mean, this is probably the first year 
that I will have more songs that I like in the country genre than in like almost any other genre. And so right. like, and I got down this rabbit hole basically of like finding people like Sturgill and Orville Peck and um, Chris Stapleton and um, Jason Isbell and people like that where they're like not, they're outside of the realm of, I mean, they're in country, but they're kind of like off the side and different kind. And then that's kind of led me to like going a little bit further in the middle and a little further in the middle. And then I'm like listening to old country music and like just enjoying the genre as a whole. And it, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I never thought I would be that person, but I like, like Zach Bryan, that guy I mentioned earlier, he's country country. Yeah. And like, then I like uh, Luke Bryan's new song, Build Me a Daddy. And it's like, that song is country country, like to a T. And it's like, that's not different at all. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure, because we'll probably talk about some tracks, but there's, I know there's a couple 2020 country tracks that you definitely want to talk about at some point. Mm -hmm. So, um, the other two that I would like to mention in this, you know, in this kind of quick burst, uh, Cool Greenhouse, which is a post-punk act. Uh, I had never heard of them. I believe this was their debut album, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is their debut album. Uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not really got a lot of traction by any means, but mm. I, I liked what I heard from it. And then, of course, cannot leave out from any end of the year list. If you did, then you'd be wrong. Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Yep. Absolutely has to be mentioned. You have a new Bob Dylan album coming out this year? Yeah, you better you better talk about that new Bob Dylan album. Yep. So. I just, I, I have that on my list as well. And I just went, I moved it up because I was like, where I saw it on my placement, I was like, eh, I think it's better than that. Oh, I think it's better than that. Oh, it's I think tough. It's, yeah. It's hard because of like the, when it came out too. Like is an album that came out two weeks ago, do you love it more than an album that came out like in January that you've listened to for the entire year? Sure. It's just very, that's a hard thing to, and or if you like just discovered something and you're like, wow, this is great. I can't believe I found this or whatever, you know, so. Yeah. What song do you want to play? I think I'm going to go ahead. I, the one that has stood out to me is one of my favorite tracks of the entire year is that opening track from Honey Harper. Yep. And I don't think that many people, again, have probably listened to a lot of Honey Harper. So it's one of those things where this is a good place to highlight that yes. track. Yep. I At first, because I, I, it's weird, I've looked back on a lot of the albums that I've really enjoyed. And like when I rate and review an album, I will say a favorite track. And it often changes mm-hmm. from time to time. And I picked at that time Suzuki Dreams, which is also a very, very good track off of this album. But I find that I return to Green Shadows more often than I do Suzuki Dreams. But I really just return to this whole album very often. So I'm going to play Green Shadows from Star Maker. Green like a shadow in the shade of your desire. So my 10, number 10, is Ozzy Osbourne's album, Ordinary Man. I, I never listened to it all the way through. It, it has enough really good, like, I think the hype behind it is maybe kind of, like, kind of what led to it. Like, he had several music videos that came out that um, kind of set up the album, and obviously the stuff he did with Post Malone. Yeah. But it, it's just so, like, it's a really good metal album or rock album that came out this year like i mean regardless of him being and it's so it like auto tune and all of that like you it's interesting for like a 70 year old man that's been doing it for like so long to change his style but 
Um, cause like, uh, the song, um, uh, scary little green man that has a music video that features Jason Momoa that he's lip syncing over. And then, um, you know, post Malone, like I said, um, Elton John is on a ballad with Ozzy Osbourne singing the song ordinary Wild. man in 2020. And then he like on the song straight to hell, he says something about making people defecate, you know, like, it's just like, right. like it's, it's an Ozzy Osbourne odd. album through and through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you'll do, I guess you can do um, Ordinary Man, the ballad with uh, Elton John. Many times I lost control They tried to kill my rock and roll Just remember I'm still here That ballad alone makes that worth listening to. I mean, like, what a weird thing for me to be like, okay, I'm going to play a song from an Ozzy Osbourne album, and all that we hear is Elton John. I know. <laughs> but it's like, I don't care. Where are we? <laughs> what a weird thing. For sure. Uh, my number 10 is the album Color Theory by Soccer Mommy. I enjoyed her 2018 release Clean quite a bit, which is a little bit more of a, I would say, toned down sound for Soccer Mommy. But this 2020 release is a lot bigger, a lot like it's got pop elements, but it's really at its core an indie rock album. And I've returned to it many, many times throughout this year. I keep coming back to different songs. So again, kind of like the Honey Harper one, I think my one of my favorite songs was Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes. But now I've been returning to the single Circle the Drain a whole lot. So I'm going to play Circle the Drain because I have been listening to it the most recently. So there you go. pretty good sounds like uh kind of like a late 90s early 2000s kind of pop song for sure no it's it's right in line with that kind of like or like that late 90s sound yeah which i like a lot of things that kind of fall in that realm i realize like especially from female fronted artists like like charlie bliss i've mentioned many yes. times that kind of has that kind of like bubblegum poppy sound oh, yeah. but yeah that i mean this falls kind of in that same realm uh, mine next one, number nine, is R2J4 from Run the Jewels. Ah, of course. We, we covered them for Record Roundtable, and we listened to that album. It it drops uh, special for us early, and uh, I liked it. I mean, I liked the album. I thought it was a good hip-hop album. I think it's very conscious, obviously, sure. but it kind of opened, you know, like opened my eyes to certain things as well about certain, you know, things that they talked about and stuff, so... I mean, I thought it was a good album, obviously. For so, sure. Um, I guess I will have you play. Oh, you're going to play Just? No, nah, I think I'm going to change it. Okay, okay. I know that Tyler's favorite song, I think, is Walking in the Snow, so have, we'll play Tyler's favorite song. Let's do it. It's like he's almost here or something. He's almost here. I 
dose of dirty cold to go, been cold since cold flow. Got a wire to enlarge and I set a fire down below. I hang it up when you say sorry, didn't know. Probably got a year, ten to go, so let's go. I don't really know how to go slow. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn, that motherfucker's cold. Hey, when the wrong mode, you open and close, you know, holes, no go. This whole world's a shit mode, built to the brim like Gitmo. When you think it don't get mode low, with limbo to the sticks on flow. All the pressure's born alive, I don't make the rules, I'm just one guy. We definitely won't be hearing anything from Around the Jewels again on this episode. Hmm. There's no way that that would be where we would overlap. No way. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Thundercat. It is what it is. I was mm-hmm. re-listening to this one again today as well, and also definitely remembered just why I love Thundercat so darn much. I his his whole his whole shtick is just perfect. Like yeah. the weird funky jazz bass. And his like really high pitched voice. He reminds and, me of Danny Brown a lot. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. And he has like just some of the most ridiculous lyrics. Like mm-hmm. like everything he does. The um the song in particular that comes to mind is the song um let's see if I remember the exact one. It is um Dragon Ball Do Rag. Yeah, that was the um the single. Yeah, and I like the music video for it too. It's super weird. It's all it's just him through and through. Drunk was the same way where a lot of those I mean he had a song about um you know like being a cat. He had a song about being in Tokyo. He just he's a he's a goober. I he's love a the I like goober. The song I like from that album is uh, I love Lewis Cole and Lewis Cole's on it. Yep. I love that idea. That's pretty <laughs> I great. love Lewis Cole with Lewis Cole. It's so good. Uh, I do have to play Dragon Ball Do-Rag, though. Yeah. I think my favorite song off the album is King of the Hill, but Dragon Ball Do-Rag, as the single, kind of gives you a sense of how much of a ridiculous sound he has. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. I feel kind of How can you just not feel happy while you listen to that? I know. Uh, my next album, number eight, is Drive By Trucker's album, The Unraveling. I like them. I've liked them a really long time. I've liked them since I um, downloaded things from LimeWire. That's, that's an, you can go back to an era that way. Yeah, I um, really can. They had a song. Their first song I think I ever heard from is, is called Outfit. And it's like a very interesting, like, um, Kind of a guy talking to his son, just saying, okay, do this, don't do that, don't do this kind of thing. But I really like this album. I liked, you know, most of the albums that they've had um, that they put out the last few years. But this one kind of tells more of a social kind of story. Um, they got a song on here called Babies in Cages, which is like yep, not good. And then there's a song called Thoughts and Prayers, which talks about, you know, that's not enough. It's not good enough just to give that to somebody you have to have actions as well right and he's like i'll tell you where to shove your thoughts and prayers basically (laughs) yep um but i think my favorite song on the album it's like a pretty good um quick song is uh armageddon's back in town
That sweet, sweet Heartland Rock right there. Yeah, it's Southern Rock, Ameri- Americana, just onion. Uh, you know what else is fun? This is might be a little bit of a segue to something that's going to happen later. Mm-hmm. But uh, a certain man was in Drive-By Truckers. Oh, really? You know who he was? No, I don't. His name is Jason Isbell. Oh, that's right. He was in Drive-By Truckers. And I forgot He about has that. an album that, that is out this year that Caleb or I may mention. Somebody might. Somebody might. So what's your number eight? So my number eight is Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. Yep. Came out fairly recently. Was an album that like, oh man, just, it spoke to me. I needed this kind of album when I listened to it. And every every bit of it is just lush. It's so good. I, I've liked Phoebe Bridger's for a while. I really liked Better Oblivion Community Center with Connor Oberst. And I also, you know, liked her or Stranger in the Alps album that came out a couple years ago. So this was an album where I knew it was going to come out. I knew I was going to love it. And I wasn't disappointed. So we started out with the song Kyoto off of that album. That's the kind of one of, if not the best songs of the entire year. I I think it's it's up there. It's going to be, it's a good song. I love the video for it. I mean, it's just a great song. It's a very good song. But I'm going to go ahead and play Halloween. That's a good song too. Which is also a very good song. Probably the one that I enjoy the most outside of Kyoto probably the one that's most in line with the rest of the album and also happens to have Connor Oberst on it so I will find that part with Connor Oberst and we'll listen to that cool Connor Bruce is a good man. Phoebe Bridges is a good woman. There you go. Okay, so my next album. Oh, look at this. Unironically, it is the Jason Isbell album. Oh, was it really? Yes. I did not even do it on purpose. Reunions. Look at that. They have a reunion right here in my list. That's right, they do. Uh, I thought I, I was... I don't know. I, I like that album quite a bit. It's going to be more of one that grows on me, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I like some songs that, like, the the first few singles that came out I enjoyed, but I, it's, like, I, I mean, we we had somebody uh, write a article for our website about it, uh, or been a friend. Who also wrote a Phoebe Bridgers article. Yes, she did. Look at that. That's interesting, too. But um, I never, I don't think I've ever really listened to his albums all the way through before. It's Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. That's his... Uh, backing band but i listened to the nashville sound when it came out in 2017 and i liked a lot of songs that were on it the i had the song if we were vampires i think that was a free spot of or a free itunes like song and that was like the first song i ever heard from them i thought it was a really good song and then uh cumberland gap and last of my kind were really good songs from that album as well but on reunions it's just a lot different than that it's not as um I don't want to say not as catchy, but it's not as like fast, I guess. Is, sure. Um, but a beat tempo. But it has it tells a lot of good stories. Like River tells a really good story, mm-hmm. and um, it gets easier. It tells a good story. My favorite song off of that album um, for sure. But then like songs like uh, Be Afraid and What Have I Done to Help really talk about what's going on now, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think my favorite song is Dreamsicle from from that album. It, it's yep. like so whimsical. It's great. Just find another face to fall behind, take my place, and run way up past second base and just stand there. The dream. 
I also enjoyed that album quite a bit. Yeah, it's going to be one that I'm like just kind of have to keep going back to to find things that I want to hear. It'll keep growing on you over time. Yeah, uh, I believe that my next album was eight, seven, seven. Six, we're on now. Seven number seven for this year is Tame Impala's "The Slow Rush." We covered Tame Impala on Record Roundtable already, so I won't go too in depth with this album, but. I have yet to find a Tame Impala project that I did not deeply enjoy. And so Slow Rush is a little bit more on the heavy pop side of things. It's definitely transitioning more into that realm of kind of a popular sound. But I think that he sticks well to the psychedelic noise and the rock elements that he has kind of incorporated into his music since the very beginning. So this album was very good for me. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to play the song Breathe Deeper. My next album, which I believe is number six, is uh, the used album Heartwork. Really? I, I just keep going back to it. It's not, I mean, like, it's just a good, they kind of changed their sound with the Canyon, and it was just completely different than kind of what they had sounded like before. Mm-hmm. But I just keep going back to this album and, like, finding different songs that I like. Um, it has people on it that, I, I mean, Mark Hoppus is on there, Travis Barker's on there. Caleb Shomo from Beartooth is on theirs, and that's all later on in the album, um, like at the light, later half of it. But I don't know. It's hard because like I like a lot of – I don't love any one song from it, but as a cohesive album, I really like it. And so it's hard to pick sense. a favorite song when like the whole album needs to be heard. But um, I think probably – I guess we can do Blow Me. Um, that's, not, that's a pretty good song. Wow, I hate this song. Yep, that's that was the, the other fifth track on that album. That was one I was thought about playing too. That's a good. <laughs> that was like what I put in this list, but I was like, eh, let's do "Blow Me." So, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good songs on it. I, I have not listened to all of Heartwork, but I, I mean, I've I've liked the use for a long time, so yeah. it's not an album that I'm like against listening to. You yeah. know, so I mean, it's like bands that you grew up listening to. You don't always want to go back to them because they changed their sound. Um, it's but sometimes like, scary. Yeah, but like I mean, I feel like a band, like a band you would probably want to listen to, can, like would be like every time I die, like it, they'll right. you'll keep listening to them because it, even though you've been listening to to them like fifteen years or whatever, um, long time, you know, like other bands like that, like 
fallout boy or panic of the disco have changed their sound so much that it's almost unrecognizable for sure but with a band like the used they have taken the sound that they had in like 2000 and have changed it where it's still recognizable but it's matured yes i mean they're they're not singing about the same stuff that they were singing about but they're still the used you know yeah. i saw them last summer um, i'd never seen them before and they were really good and they did all the like the hits that i wanted to hear and you know, put on a good show. So. I think I, I think I saw them at Warp Tour in like 2010 or something like mm. that. It's, it's been a long time since I've like not only sought them out but seen them live. I feel like I could have just had you play Bird and the Worm and it would have been fine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so my number six is going to be, and I will probably pronounce the name of the album incorrectly, but it's fine. Uh, Grimes Miss Anthropocene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed that album quite a bit. I haven't returned to it as much as I would have expected, but I have enjoyed it whenever I have returned to it. Uh, Grimes is definitely going in a much bigger direction, even though she already had like a pretty big and you know eclectic sound. Um, but there's a lot of really good songs off of this that go in different directions, um, and the whole album to me just kind of kind of works together in a lot of ways she's she's able to kind of do whatever she wants in a lot of ways and is somehow still able to kind of center it with the way that she does things so i'm gonna play the song violence Grimy. Grimy, indeed. My number five, I believe we're at number five now, is Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. There it is. Yep. It it might be number one or two by the end of this year, but it's so fresh, and it's not It's not like one of those things that you're like, oh, man, I'm really in the mood to listen to this out. Like, it, it's, I don't know. I liked it, though. I, I listened, I've probably listened to it at least three or four times since it came out um, on June 19th, so it's been about... I mean, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it's been now. Um, it's hard because I really liked the singles that came from it. And so sure. it's like difficult to pick songs that aren't the singles as a favorite. Um, I think the best song on the album by far is Murder Most Foul because it tells like a crazy story. Sure. It's and it's like wild. super long. It's like longer than um, any of his other songs ever. And then uh, I like the song Key West, Philosopher Pirate as well because it's like... It, I love it because it's a tourism song that's like basically like come on to Key West like right like what what Jimmy Buffett did for Margaritaville Bob Dylan is doing go. for Key West and thank God for Bob Dylan I really like the song My Own Version of You yep that's a good song this whole album really is a pretty impressive Bob Dylan return especially mm. for what is he seventy nine yeah he's old he's old yeah, I think so he's old and he's still cranking out tunes man and like writing original you know like original songs that mean something yeah. to people i mean he's he is bob dylan so he's gonna be like it doesn't matter what he says he can you know kind of like 
just read names off of the phone book and people are going to be like, wow, he's really speaking to us. It's like, yeah, because he's <laughs> saying your name, you idiot. Right. But like, that's exactly kind of what like murder most foul is. He's just naming off va- like various people during the time, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, this person, that person, Wolfman Jack. Like he's just naming names around the time that JFK was killed. Right. But like that's honestly, just go out and listen to that song. It's 17 minutes, but so like, uh, you know, do it on a commute or something. But my favorite song from the album is I Contain Multitudes. I think that is a great song. I'm going to Bali and Ali. I lose my mind if you don't come with me. I fuss with my hair and I fight blood feuds. I contain multitudes. Got a telltale heart. I want to make sure that line got in there. That's fair. I can see that. He's, I mean, his lyricism just hasn't faltered at this point in time. With with age, he is. It's not that he's gotten better because you can't get better than Bob Dylan when mm-hmm. it comes to songwriting. Yep. He's just continued to be the most essential songwriter of all time. Yeah, it's like he is basically what the reason they should make genius the lyric thing. Like, because you should. <laughs> Because like you have like so it's so intricate in reading a lyric means so much like just a small lyric like I was listening to the Pod Dylan uh, about that song specifically and um, in the song he mentioned something about um, I uh, I drive fast cars or fast cars and I eat fast food and then he says I contain multitudes and the guy. Um, that was doing the podcast is basically like he does eat fast food because he's always touring and like and then he talks about painting nudes and he's like he is a painter you know, like he's talking about things that are in his life right um, and like just like the simplest of things are like this crazy uh, good lyric for him and it's like it doesn't make sense but it does because it's Bob Dylan and it's like right. he's kind of amassed whatever he was whatever he would have been as just a regular person he's just this different guy we covered him this year so uh, I, was that last year? It was last year. Yeah, feels feels like. Just well, we yesterday. could we could do it again and do the another era. We could probably do You've been four for that four eras of Bob Dylan. Like each decade, we could do. Right, that'd be fun. Okay, so right in line with the, kind of the same genre as Bob Dylan. Yeah, is uh, Code Orange and their album underneath. Yep, fair. <laughs> totally right. Right in line with the same kind of thing. Uh, I. I'm a big fan of Code Orange, and this album has been, you know, consistently one of the albums I've listened to the most this year. I expected nothing less. I knew that Code Orange was going to put out an album that I was really going to enjoy because their last album was just as good as this album. Uh, They do a lot of weird industrial metal type things throughout this album, which is still in line with their previous work. They've just kind of continued to adapt and evolve their sound in a lot of ways. Uh, it's tough to pick a favorite song off this album. I think we were talking about that the other day, that it's kind of hard to pick a song mm-hmm. directly off this album, but I think I'm going to go ahead and do this, the second track, Swallow in the Rabbit Hole. Yep. It's a heavy mess. Sick breakdown, bro. Yeah, dude. Get in that pit. My next album, number four. Is that right? Yes. 
is code orange underneath. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I saw you had it pulled up. And you were like, good. So I was like, huh, that's interesting because I'm looking at it too. Um, <laughs> that's great. It's, it is so good. It's a good album. It's the best metal album of the year so far. Yes, by far. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even have anything else that like even comes remotely close that I care about that much. No. And I knew, I was like, I knew it would be because I was like really looking forward to this. I wasn't super into Forever um, when it came out, but I did love... Um, Bleeding in the Blur. Bleeding in the Blur. It's like one of the best songs that came out in like 2017 or whatever. But I I was looking forward to this album. And then they've done some things like they did some songs with WWE that I've like made me more interested in it. Like they did the um, theme song for Bray Wyatt as The Fiend, which is like right. another like it could have been a bonus track on the album and it would have fit, which is crazy. But it just like it's. It's interesting because it's so much like Slipknot or Nine Inch Nails or something like that. But I don't think anybody that listened to Code Orange would probably think that they would be in this place. Right. Because it's not really that much like, um, what was their debut called? Like I Am King or what was yes. that called? Is that right? Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, it's not, it doesn't really sound anything like this, but a lot of people kind of no. complain about the industrially kind of sound of this album, but right. I like it. I think it's I so good. I love like... Can I can I play like just a little bit of swallowing the rabbit hole like scooting in so you can hear kind of like this really weird like yeah go ahead and hijack my song it's our album man I know so <laughs> think of it that way sure uh, it's that part where like it kind of breaks out. in and yeah, out yeah it's so, it like I know that, that it's you really think that jarring it's like breaking yeah like but it's cool a mistake in the al- in the song yeah, right go ahead and get to it then I guess. It's just really weird. Yep. I would I like um the guitarist Rebby who also sings and I think that as a good like I think we should highlight her as well. For sure. So her song, one of her songs on the album that she is the lead vocalist is uh Who I Am. And so if you'll play that one that'll highlight her. She's a very reputable guitarist and also a good I mean it's interesting when you have a metal band that has two reliable good lead singers that's, that are that's doing completely different diff- things completely different completely different things yep so yeah she's also on the track underneath and autumn and carbine and really all of the songs that she's on are super impressive to me yep. but yeah let's play who i am like we could spend like a whole episode on that album yeah <laughs> honestly but we won't because now it's time to talk about another album which is my number four which is childish gambinos which is titled 31520 it did have a different title originally but that was when it was kind of in its hype stage where he was doing this weird thing where on a sunday there was a timer that was coming down and then when the timer went down the whole album played through one time and then it went away 
and you it wasn't streamed it wasn't accessible or anything and you could you know you could download it but you know illegally um which i did not do because i wanted to wait for the initial album to be released he did it again the next week where he did the timer down and then it actually dropped as a streamable album at that point in time had a completely different title of the album so now it's 31520 and a lot of the tracks on it are also kind of like it's difficult to know which song is which because you know the songs are called like 1910 2419 3222 and i'm pretty sure could be wrong pretty sure they're just the time points within the album yeah probably so just like when when the song starts so it's kind of hard kendrick lamar did that right with um the album that or the ep that had elevate like he had different yes like was it like dates that the songs were made or Mm -hmm. something like that so it's really hard to know yeah which is which that's a confusing thing to do to people it is but there are good songs off of here and and i think the one that i want to play is the one that kind of came out before this it was one of those like singles that still made it their way into the album which is um feels like summer which i believe is also I did not listen to that album at all. It uh, it it turned me off with all those numbers. All those numbers. I can't, I'm if not, I don't know what the listen, song's called. I can't do no numbers. Listen, I'm not here to do math. I'm here to listen to music. I haven't really liked his stuff since he did Camp. Well, I liked some internet. of I liked some of because of the internet. I I did like songs from that. I like Camp a lot. Camp is great. But when and I mean that's just like I'm not a super into R and B. Right. So it makes it when you are a very good, interesting rapper that like he I just love the lyricism that he has and the references and stuff. Like I right. love Camp. But it just is difficult when I know he's so good at that and he's not doing it that it's like I don't know if I really care about hearing you sing. That makes sense. So it, I know it's crappy and it I should, I'm I'm losing out on childish Gambino. You Donald are. Glover man. But Truly it's are, not man. the style of music I like. It makes sense. There's no reason why you would if you don't enjoy that style of music, then why would you why would you do it? Yeah. So my net, my number three is a pop punk album by a band called Hot Mulligan, who I saw last year in Columbus with my sister. I've actually seen them, I think, twice now. Uh, they've mostly opened for people that I've seen, but they um, have been around a while. They're kind of like um, Newfound Glory or, or Real Friends or whatever, but um, their album Pilot came out in 2018, and that was one of my favorite albums of that year. And then they released uh, the album You'll Be Fine this year. It's not, I don't like it as much as Pilot, but I haven't found as many comparable pop punk stuff that I like this year. And so it's just kind of there. I don't want to say by default, but it's not. If other bands that I like would have padded albums out, they would have been in this spot, but I haven't had anything else like this. So sure. uh, my favorite song from this album is the song Equip Sunglasses. That is very you. 
Yep. There you go. Speaking of being very you, I'm uh-huh. going to do something groundbreaking. Okay? Oh, my. Oh, my. Hear me out on this. If you can name my top three in order, I will shut up for the rest of the episode. Oh, my. Well, you didn't go to the next album, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. That was on purpose. In order, you say? Yep. I think you can do oh, it. I don't, I don't think, think it's impossible. Oh, man. You just got to think it's about so the hard. three albums that, I, I mean, okay. Let, well, how about this? Yes. You know what the three albums are. I don't even, I'm not, because you asked me, I can't think of any. Really? I what if I not aim, named at this point in time? I don't know what you haven't, like, I just, it's very difficult because I can't think of anything because you put me oh, on the spot. Man. That's my problem. Oh, I think you're going to lose that on this opportunity then. You're going to kick yourself when you find out what the three albums are. Well, I'm sure that's true. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Is, uh. Jason Isbell isn't on your list. Mm-hmm. Not, not you didn't definitely. even put it in your top 25. That's too bad. It's a good album, I but know, I've listened I to know. a lot of albums. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't. It kind of defeats the purpose of doing a podcast if you have to be quiet for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I don't know if I want to play. I just thought it was a funny idea. I mean, again, like anybody, honestly, like it's none of these are going to be surprising. Like it's not like, whoa, Caleb picked Moses Sumney Gray as number three. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. That makes sense. It's a great album. Yeah. Moses Sumney had a double album called Gray this year. It's it's phenomenal. I loved A Romanticism so much um, a couple years ago. It's one of the most listened to albums of that entire decade. So for him to return with his second full length, uh, it was it was going to be in my top. It, it wasn't. There was really no question. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful album. He has a wonderful voice. Yes. I'm gonna play the song. I think. Oh my gosh. There's so. I've spent more time with the first part of the album rather than the second part. So the second part is still kind of growing on me because it came out only like, you know, like a couple months ago. But the first part of the album came out, I believe, in February or March. So it's had a lot of time to grow on me. So I'm going to do the track Viral, Viral, V-I-R-I-L-E, Viral. Cool. That song. By the time that we finish listening, you'll know how to pronounce it. I sure hope so. I can feel the earth overtake my skin And I realize none of this matters Cause I will return just as So good. It's not the style of music I listen to. So no. it's, I unfortunately probably won't listen to it. I get that. But I, I figured he was. I mean, he has a good voice for sure. Phenomenal voice. And I like that. I just don't. It's just not a style that you're going to. Yeah. I mean, it's an hour long, like two part album. Like, mm-hmm. what? You're, you're going to listen to it and be like, I guess this sounds okay. And then you'd be done with it. The thing that I think of when I hear that is Benjamin Clementine. I do love Benjamin Clementine. He is too. great. And I love because it's weird too. Yeah. I think if he was more weird, and maybe he is weird, it's not really not that weird. Super you know? weird. If, it no. were, if he were just more weird. <laughs> weird it up, Moses. Come yeah. on. So, my number two for the year, half year, is The Weekend After Hours. It's a good album. It's man. so good. It's so because the thing is, is it's like it's pop. Sure. Uh, it's I mean like, but it's what he basically what he started on, um, on Starboy from 2016, and even to a certain degree on Beauty Behind the Madness. Um, some of like, uh, oh, what was the song? Let me see if I can find it. 
well in the night a little bit the song that he sounds like michael jackson you know what i'm talking about oh i can't feel my face is that it yeah where yeah, he's yeah. like dancing like i mean he just i can feel my face when i'm with you maybe that's not michael i don't know it doesn't matter one of those songs he sounds like i felt like he kind of was doing what you know, a, a sound alike of Michael Jackson in I mean, a positive kind of, way. And he's kind yeah. of a, a throwback to a 80s Michael Jackson sound regardless. Even like, I mean, like on this album, he has kind of more of a thrillery kind of look to it. Sure. Like on the cover and the performance he did for SNL. Yeah. And just kind of his vibe of it. I mean, he's he's gone from just kind of talking about smoking weed to talking about like way different stuff. Sure. And it's, this album is just so good. I mean, it's... It's relatively long. It's an hour long, but I feel like it's not too bloated. No. But I do feel like once I get to the end of it, it's like, okay, like, I don't know if the, I don't know if I really care about track 14 sure. or 13, but like the first half for sure is great. And obviously you say that, but track 13 is after hours. Yeah, that's true. I like, um, is it scared to live that has the, um, your song interpolation of I hope you don't mind. I think so. It's either scared to live or hardest to love. It's kind of hard with names like this because it's not like yeah. you don't remember it as well. Not super distinctive. Um, obviously, the number one song in America for a while was Blinding Lights. And Great that's like song. one of the best songs of the year. For sure. Not, I was talking to Caleb two days ago, yesterday, whatever, about how it's not very often... Uh, a number one billboard song is a really great song. Right. Most of the time you get just like a dumb crappy pop song and the best isn't highlighted. But this year for sure, like with that song, it is, um, it's just a really good song. Uh, so, I mean, I don't really know if you sh- need to play it because everybody's heard it on the radio. Right. So if you will do, you know, do scared to live. Yeah. Scared to live is a good song. Yeah, it is. So, That's definitely the song that has your song in it. I believe you are right. We played that uh, whenever that album came out for that episode. So, we but did. yeah, I just looked on his uh, Spotify, and there's a deluxe edition of that album that has there three is. more songs. I just put it. In, I just uh, put them in my um, playlist to listen to just those three songs. I don't want to download the entire deluxe. I have to listen sure. to the entire. Like, I just want to hear what didn't make it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask if you had listened to the deluxe yet, but no. that that tells me. I didn't even know it was out. It came out in April. That's something. Right. Look at that. My number two, once again, no shock to anyone. Run the jewels. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So I, you know, I, I knew that this was going to be one of my most anticipated albums of the year. It lived up to every ounce of hype that I would have been able to throw on it. Like everything that you've said is fairly accurate. Yep. So the only thing is, conscious, ooh, la, ooh la la kind of sucks. I like ooh la la actually. I, At it, first, I hated the hook. Yeah, the hook. I get that the hook is a little obnoxious. It is, but. I think that once you get to the verses, oh yeah, they're super super good. And I think I I agree the hook doesn't always get me. Mm-hmm. So, but otherwise, really the album just flows perfectly. It's probably their best album, which is and it's saying not super a lot. long. And it's, I'm glad because like historically here recently, a lot of hip hop albums have been really long because of the algorithm of Spotify. Right. And that sucks that the quality of an album has to suffer so that artists have to make more money. Yeah. And that is the fault 
of Spotify and it's the fault of the record label. It is not the fault of the artist. Sure. Even like I get it that you have to um, sacrifice the quality of a, of a concise album that could be 12 songs at 40 minutes, but you're going to put all the songs you recorded 20 songs and make it like an hour and 20 minutes so that you make more money. But it just like there, I mean, yeah, it's only 39 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, it's, per, it's the perfect length for an album and it doesn't have any filler. Nope. All of the songs tell an important story and say important things. And there's no like, Hey, we're just going to throw this on here to get more streams. Right. Like it's not, that's not the purpose of it. Other that's because they them. threw it on their website for free. Right. That's so, not them. That, yeah. They've never been that kind of band or, you know, group, group yeah. duo, whatever. So we've played, so we, we did a Run the Jewels episode on Record Roundtable. Yep. We talked about them on the month end episode for the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. You've already played a song from them. So I'm going to sacrifice my Run the Jewels pick and say for here, before we say our top one album, oh. our number one, Yes. let's throw out some of them singles, baby. What are some songs that you really enjoyed okay. that were not on the albums that we've mentioned up to this point in time? All right. So... This is an interesting. So I want to talk about the box. The box has like the hook of the year, eep, almost ooh. like it just is. Eep, that's crazy. That's a crazy hook. It's Truly. just it's funny because he made it himself. Roddy Rich is his name, and it's I wasn't not like super into him. He was a double XL uh, freshman pick, and they did a good job picking him. Right. You know, like they've had some issues picking people before, but he had a good song. Uh, he had like a, a decent kind of following prior to that. And then he came out with this album and this song that like blew him up and it's like vindication for them or whatever. But yeah, the box is a great song. Um, are you just going to play? How you want to do this? I mean, you, you tell me if you want to play it or you tell me if you don't want to play it. Okay. So I think most people have heard the box. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Um, Doja Cat say so is a good song. Uh, Caleb asked if she was canceled, and the answer is no, not yet. She's she's keeping herself safe right uh, now. I brought up Remo Drive on the last bonus episode with their song Ode to Joy 2, and the album came out, and it's a good album, so I don't need to talk about them too much more. Uh, Lil Baby, The Bigger Picture, which we talked about as well. Uh, Joyner Lucas's song Will, which talks about uh, being like Will Smith, and he makes a lot of references to his films. And then the remix of that song features none other than Mr. Will Smith himself, so that is like, I love the idea of that is to make an homage song to somebody and then have them come on um, as the uh, a feature. It's, I mean, kind of what happened with Billy Ray Cyrus. It, a little, I mean, he didn't bring up Billy Ray Cyrus, to, but, but to make a country song with uh, Lil Nox X's song, Old Town Road, and to have somebody that's reputable in the country charts come in. Um, a couple uh, country songs that were pretty good so far this year. Uh, people like... And also hate the song "Hard to Forget" by Sam Hunt. The the hate sample it. is maybe pretty obnoxious, but it's like the if you hate uh, or if you like the the bro country kind of sound, this is for you. But most people don't like it. Right. And then uh, Luke Combs had a song called Six Feet Apart" that is like the country anthem of uh, the current pandemic that we're in, mm-hmm. and basically talking about. Um, you know, being six feet apart from people and feeling that loneliness that everybody's currently feeling. Right. Unless you're just out there not wearing masks and stuff, then how dare you? Um, let's see. I mean, I pretty much talked about all the other songs. Uh, do you want to talk? Uh, there's a song called Rodeo Clown that's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Rodeo Clown. That's it's, what I needed. It's uh, 
on the album Hold My Beer Volume 2 by Randy Rogers and um, what was the other guy's name? Wade something. Wade Bowen. Wade Bowen. It's a combination album that has pretty good songs on it. David uh, did not like it. Did he not? No. It's, he, it's a real, he just didn't, it's he a didn't like track. anybody named Randy Rogers, I think, oh, for is really sure. the problem. Uh, but yeah, Rodeo Never Clown. Never met a Randy Rogers I liked. No. So here's Rodeo Clown. What hurts me the most is she left me for a rodeo clown. He could have been a doctor, a lawyer, maybe I'd understand. Or a bull riding belt, buckle snuff, dipping macho man. But a guy named Daryl hiding in a barrel. That's it. I kept that. I had to keep that. Daryl hiding in a barrel. A guy named Daryl hiding in a barrel. That's great. It's a dumb line, but I love it. Yep. Um, and then uh, I talked about Breeland, My Truck. That's a good song. Uh, pro- Protest the Hero song, The Canary. That's a great It's a great metal song. A post. Uh, that's not postcard. What is that called again? It's almost like a prog rock. Almost. Yeah, progressive rock, prog rocky. Um, and then I think that the last song is uh, that I don't I don't know if we've talked about it so far this year, and I can't remember the. I think we did the rumor song, Rascal. The the Rascal Flats guy yeah. with the mask. Have we talked about that? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Okay, so this guy, his name is uh, RMR. Oh, go- we did. But okay. go ahead, do it again. Okay. Well, not, maybe they didn't hear it, or, or I, yeah. they didn't get a chance to really take it in. This guy named RMR, he put out this song on, I think it was like Facebook or Instagram or something like that, and it like became viral. And he's just wearing uh, a ski mask, and you, nobody knows who this man is. And he has this song where he's sampling Rascal Flats, and the song is called Rascal. And it is like this country ballad hip hop song that's like in the vein of Lil Nas X and like in the Breland kind of thing. But it's just it's more so trap. much more like in your face with a lyricism, too. Yes. I love it. Yep. And then like uh, he just had his, I, I guess it's an album. I don't know. It's, it's more of an EP. I, well, they call it an album on here. Is so. it a mixtape? It's nine songs and 26 minutes long. So that's, I think it's technically an album. That's an album. Um, it's and, got West Side Gun on it. Yeah, Lil Baby's on there with the song A Dealer. Uh, it's called uh, Drug Dealing is a Lost Art. That's the name of the album. And it's kind of going to be maybe like take a while for it to really take off. But a lot of the like YouTube comments and stuff are like this is going to be like he what he is doing on this is going to kind of build his career. And hopefully that's the case. Um, if you'll play, do the like remix of Rascal because it's got Young Thug on there. Oh, the Rascal remix? Yeah. You got it. And every sleepless night led me to where I am. Bitches that broke my heart. They became hoes that scam. Show me a better way. Promise I'll quit this game. This much I know. I love when you showed the the live performance, mm-hmm. and he just like he just kind of looked at multiple cameras and was just like, "Fuck twelve, fuck twelve with his middle <laughs> finger up. It was like, "Oh my gosh, I love this man. It's funny. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. 
I don't, it's like I, mm-hmm. it's fun like in the music video for it all his friends like have these like guns and everything and it's like this sweet country ballad um cover or sampling god bless the broken road by rascal flats it's like wild. it's ridiculous it's truly a wild experience you have to watch the video to yeah. fully to fully grasp everything that's going do you want to play just a little bit of the beginning of the song uh dealer because of that sure that um beat that you that we both like i think it's a really good beat Trying to take me, nigga. Rapping on the pills, my nigga. They just bitching at me go slow. But you ain't gonna see them all. That's a good beat. It's a really good beat. You can't cannot deny it's a good beat. No. So, so this is your number one album, rumor? No, it's not my number one album. <laughs> it is not. It is not. But yeah, I mean, I, I I like I like the. I mean, like if I don't like the entire album of something that I can pull from a song. Like Caleb doesn't listen to singles that often, but it's kind of how I'm able to um, decide if I want to listen to the album or not. Like if I single after single, like, okay, this is great. Okay, this is great. Then I know that I want to listen to an entire album. I think most people kind of deal in that way. Yep. So my number one album, is that where we're at right now, right? Um, Yes. My number one album is uh, Spanish Love Songs, Brave Faces Everyone. There, I think I showed you that, didn't I? No, or did you, uh, you had already listened. I to had it? already known about it. Uh, there, my friend Josh actually sent them to me um, last year with their album uh, Schmaltz, which was a really good album as well. It's kind of like a mixture uh, between the Wonder Years and the Menzingers. That's like the best comparison I can make, yeah. and it's probably the closest to a Menzinger's album I'll be able to get this year. Right. So that's why I've like just been listening to it as much as possible because um, I really loved the Hello Exile album by the Menzingers. And this is kind of in the same vein, but like different. It tells different stories and it's more, I guess it's, it, this is more sad. It's more emo. It is more sad. It's more emo than what the Menzingers are. But um, I just like their songwriting is really good. It is. Um I don't really have as many like songs that I go back to like I do with the Menzingers. Like, when, it's kind of like the whole album you go back to. Yeah, like Kick is a good. It was one of the singles, and I thought it was a good song. Routine Pain is a good song. I like Self Destruction as a sensible career choice. Yeah, Beachfront Property I like too. That's a good little like. It sound. It's probably the most like the Wonder Years is Beachfront Property. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of the kind of thing they would write. But like with the Menzingers, I love the song Anna. And like I can listen to that song like ten times in a row and not have to listen to the entire Hello Exile album. Whereas with this, I there's not a like single that sticks out that it's like this is my favorite, like yeah. by far favorite song, and I have to keep going back to it. But um, Losers Part Two is a good song too. But yeah, if you want to play, what song did you say you like? I like Self Destruction as a sensible career choice. Yeah, let's play that one. That's fine. Cool. I mean, if you don't get Wonder Years off of that, then you're not listening to it. You know, like it's yeah. so it's so within that same realm that like it's just in- incredible. I like how Routine Pain goes into that song. Like, I love when there's cohesion in an album like yeah. that, and like one song like leads into the next one and stuff, and the whole album just works as a whole. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's like one of my favorites from the genre 
of that is that from front to back, it's like a 40-minute perfect picture of that style of music that I like. You I think know. that makes a lot of sense. What's your number one? Oh, what could it be? What could it be? Or maybe I'm in agreement with most people and Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona oh, Apple yeah. is the best album. That makes sense. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It sure does. I love Fiona Apple. I will always love Fiona Apple. Her releasing an album is just one of those big deal albums every single time because she has such a big gap in time. Last time she had an album was in 2012 with, um, Fetch, or no, with The Idler Wheel. And... Yep. That album was just truly phenomenal. And so to wait eight years to release something is just indicative of the fact that she put a lot of work into these songs and she came back to the studio when she was ready to come back to the studio. Her songwriting is just as good as it always has been. She's very eclectic with the way that she performs on this album. Like, I Want You to Love Me has this weird, like, this weird vocal inflection thing that she does at the end of the song that it's just completely impossible to explain. But I, you know, I've re-listened to this album so many times and it just never gets old to me. And you know, no Fiona Apple album really ever does get old to me. So it's just kind of, it's in the same realm as everything else from her. So, you know, everybody's kind of sung the praises of this album and it's really not, it's, it's hard not to at this point in time from my perspective. So cool. So I will, I'll close out, on I Want You to Love Me. Is there anything else you'd like to say at this point in time from this massive year-end at the middle point episode? I don't think so. Um, Hopefully all the things that we were supposed to hear uh, that were on the docket are going to come out. Uh, It sucks that bands aren't able to tour on that stuff because I would love to be able to support instead of just streaming and giving them pennies. You know, like it would be nice if if I could go and support them at a show. Right. But it's not a, a possibility for a lot of reasons. Keep buying physical albums at this point in time because yep. a lot of artists need that right now. Yep. Like if you don't have a concert, you know, you got to you kind of go to their website and start putting money into their pockets in some way or they're not going to have any way to make any money. Like this is it's such a big deal that we don't really think about how much money artists are losing right now due to everything but it's so like more intricate than that because like venues right now aren't able to have shows right and so if you don't donate the money to a venue then once the bands could come back there's not going to be certain places they can come back to that that they've always historically been able so like just donating to the band isn't and i'm not telling anybody to donate more money than you know like oh well don't give it to the band give it to this place or give it like that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like There's small even more ven- layers to that. Small bands that have to go to small show, like small venues, if those venues die out, then the small bands never are able to become big bands. So it's like the whole thing is screwed up right now with that. And it's like, I don't know the answer. Yeah. But I mean, it's like tough. I'm thinking about like a few different um, venues that I've historically really liked going to. They've had like Bogarts. GoFundMe. No, not Bogarts. but Too like. Big. Um, be here now yep and southgate house revival which they didn't have yep. one or um the the dome the hoosier dome in indianapolis which has a lot of like uh smaller punk pop punk and punk and even hip-hop shows and stuff like that or the emerson or places like that that are like small and you'll never you would never have a day to remember or bring me the horizon or other or the menzingers even i mean i've seen those guys at places like that like if you can't go to those places because they're not open anymore because of all of this, then you can't, your favorite 
your next favorite band isn't going to be able to be, you know, like, they'll never be able to be discovered in any way because those places where you would be discovered are no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yep. It's very tough, but yeah, keep listening to good music as much as you can keep doing what you can to keep music alive. And thanks for listening to a podcast about music and giving us the chance to talk about it. That's so. right. Thank you for listening to this bonus ish episode of record round table. It's in the can and it doesn't matter. Check out our social media bits, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. Check out our website, recordroundtable.com, where we have lots of really great articles. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash recordroundtable. Thank you for listening to all of this. Goodbye.